Hello, and welcome to the Lisa Congdon Sessions, a podcast for creative folks about living and working with more intention, curiosity, and joy. I'm your host, Lisa Congdon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four. Today, I'm going to talk about being creative in stressful times. Okay, so here's a true story. Five years ago, in August of 2015, I went to live in upstate New York for a three-week artist residency. And earlier that summer in Portland, I'd started to run. And I was getting up there in terms of miles. I was averaging about 18 miles a week. And staying active is really important to me and my mental health, as I've talked about before. And I was really excited that I could make my running part of my routine at my residency. It's something that you can kind of pick up and take anywhere. All you need are running shoes and a place to run. So the first morning there, I got up and I made a point to get out for my run before it got too hot. So it was August and the temps in upstate New York would be hitting the 90s during my stay. And it was already in the mid 70s Fahrenheit at 8 a.m. And Catherine, my host, had driven me around the day before and given me the lay of the land when I arrived. So I decided to head downtown on my jog from my home base. And I'm going along and I'm going along and I'm feeling terrible. And I'd barely gotten two miles before I was exhausted and depleted. I was sweating profusely. My heart was racing. I felt like I was pushing against some weird, you know, kind of external force. I felt so awful that I literally stopped running and I just walked the rest of my route, including back home. So later that day, I was, I was concerned and I, I told Catherine, my host, about my experience and she sort of began to chuckle and she said, oh, that's, that's the humidity. It's terrible here. It makes running so much harder. It makes everything harder. I was so relieved that nothing was wrong with me, but I still couldn't believe how totally different my running experience was from dry Portland just days before. And I thought to myself, like, how could that be? Shouldn't I feel and run just as strong? You know, what difference does the air make? And here's the analogy I'm making. Being a creative during times of stress, whether it's a personal crisis or a global pandemic, is akin to running in hot, humid weather. You can do it, but it requires so much more effort than it does on a clear, dry day. What normally might feel easy or enjoyable feels slow and sluggish. You might even feel heavy and overwhelmed or tired or resistant. Stress is like thick, hot air. It zaps our energy. It makes us irritable. We don't sleep as well. You know, nothing is quite as easy when we are stressed. So the next time you feel badly because you cannot muster the energy to begin a drawing or you have no desire to make anything new or you feel totally uninspired, remember, there's nothing wrong with you. You are just stressed. And after the last 14 months, we're all, you know, quite familiar with what it feels like to be stressed. The pandemic alone, you know, being kind of shut in our houses and not being able to socialize is stressful enough. Not to mention the fact that so many people have lost employment and dealt with the death of loved ones, have dealt with a lot of anxiety around contracting the coronavirus. So we're all quite familiar with that stress. It's this universal experience that everyone on the planet is having. In this episode, 
I'm going to talk about strategies for continuing your creative practice when you are feeling stressed or overwhelmed, uninspired or unmotivated. And for some people, the pandemic actually felt like an opportunity to pick up a creative habit. And for many people, that was a kind of joyful aspect of, you know, this experience. But for many people, the last year has been an exercise in plotting, really. And in for many people, it's been a time of giving up and of letting go of creativity. So if you are one of those people who has either struggled over the last year or is currently struggling, whether it's because of the pandemic or any other possible reason in your life, this episode is for you. The most important thing to remember is that creativity cannot flow as easily through a closed or tight system, which is why being creative or making time for creativity in times of stress is so difficult. If we are hyper-focused on paying rent or homeschooling or lack of client work or even going to the grocery store, there is less space for free thinking or ideation. And the same goes for, you know, going through a breakup or the death of a loved one or being in a stressful situation at work or with your partner or with your children. Literally any stressful situation can cause us to kind of shut down. You've probably all heard the phrase, the pressure is good for you. And generally, I think to a certain degree, pressure can be a healthy motivator to help us embark on and fully engage with creative projects. But there are also circumstances under which pressure is debilitating. And I think personally, the pressure from within can be the most taxing, the pressure we put on ourselves. And science tells us that when we are living inside of a stressful situation, And then we put even more pressure on ourselves by saying things like, we should be more creative right now, or we should be more productive, or something is wrong with me because I currently have no inspiration. When we say those things to ourselves, our brains are triggered with even more stress, which causes a physiological fight or flight response, which you've probably, most of you heard of. Perhaps you experience anxiety when you think about what you haven't done or what you think you should be doing. That's your physical body responding normally to the stress of pressure. That is fight or flight. So, so much has been out of our control lately, but what we can control is how we respond to it. So I'm going to talk about some strategies today. And the first strategy I'm going to share with you is to loosen your grip over your creative practice or lack of, and to pay close attention to your self-talk. For example. When you catch yourself saying things like, I should do that project, or I should make something today. Instead, say something like, I'm reserving some time today to explore a creative task, or for the next hour, I'm going to experiment without a specific goal or outcome. Here's another related strategy. Let go of engaging with the projects that bring you a sense of guilt or that you feel like you must finish because you maybe bought the supplies and then they've been sitting in your closet for five months. Again, we want to stay away when we're stressed from a sense of pressure. Instead, consider what might feel relaxing. Feeling even short spells of relaxation are critical for creativity. When we are engaged in looser, more relaxed activities, periodically throughout the day and in between more focused activities, creativity can flow more easily. 
Some examples of looser activities that allow for what scientists call a diffuse thinking state, and I'm going to talk a lot more about that in the next minute. Examples of this are taking a nap or taking a walk or laying down and my personal favorite, daydreaming. Diffuse thinking happens when you let your mind wander and you make connections more randomly. Scientists can see that the diffuse mode of thinking does not happen in any one area of the brain. Actually, it's happening all over the brain. In fact, that is the beautiful thing about diffuse thinking. Your brain has the opportunity to connect the dots and link neural processes. For example, how many of you get your best ideas when you are falling asleep at night, or in the shower, or riding your bike, or when you're on an airplane and there's nothing else to do? Maybe there's a lot of, there's this phenomenon of people getting really emotional on airplanes. And that's probably because when we're in a state of diffuse thinking, we actually are more in touch with our emotions. This is not a coincidence. These are all examples of diffuse thinking states. Diffuse thinking states help us to generate new ideas and allow us to feel excited about putting those ideas into action. And if you're a creative professional and you are dealing with real life pressure, like needing to finish a deadline, Creating more opportunities for diffuse thinking will also support your ability to be more creative in a focused way when it's necessary for your work. So focused thinking is sort of the opposite of diffuse thinking. And often, you know, for those of us who do creative work professionally, having focused creative time is actually really important. We, you know, if we've sat around all day and waited for inspiration, we would be in trouble. But we also need to take periods of time for diffuse thinking to spark our creativity and to spark innovation. I will link to a great article about diffuse thinking in the show notes. Here's another strategy. Manage your distractions by structuring time for creativity where your phone and your computer are put away and you can be alone. And I know that's extra hard for people with kids right now. And where your only job is to read or to write or to scribble or doodle or sing or dance. If you are a person who responds to structure, give yourself an assignment to do something related to your creative practice every day for at least 15 minutes a day. That thing might not be making art. It could be writing. It could be research. It could be reading. It could be a combination of all of those things. What I try to do sometimes is just give myself a timer and set it for 15 minutes. And then if I'm still bored after 15 minutes, I allow myself to stop. At least I tried. But you will find most of the time that once you start, you will probably want to continue. And if you have the time to go for more than 15 minutes, go with that. I'm also a huge advocate of rabbit holes. (laughs) So for those of you for whom English is a second language, A rabbit hole is like a, so if we say like going down a rabbit hole, it's a saying that like you get really interested in something and you go into this like dark hole where all you're doing is learning about or thinking about or researching about a particular topic. That's what it means to go down a rabbit hole. And one of the things I write about in my book, You Will Leave a Trail of Stars, is this strategy of finding what feeds you. What has sparked you recently? And really getting curious about those things and searching for and diving deep into what intrigues you instead of like thinking about it and then pushing it off. 
And sometimes what feeds you isn't cerebral at all, but is found in moving your body by walking or dance or athletics. And what's really important here is to make space for the searching and then to use what you find, at least the parts that excite you most, as the inspiration and energy for living your life and for your creative practice. If you want to stay inspired, it's necessary to make space and time for it, to do what I mentioned before, to daydream, to be curious, to read books, to watch films, to listen to podcasts, to go look at art, to get out into the world, to you know, even go to therapy and talk about your childhood <laughs> and talk about the stuff that's stressing you out to work in the garden, to cook some new recipes, to uncover your own story, to write it, draw it, sculpt it. Here's another great strategy. Engage with your community. Do projects with others. This can be so helpful in times of stress because working with others keeps us accountable and it also keeps us inspired. I witnessed a really wonderful example of this recently when I went to a show at Stephanie Chafas Projects in Portland which happens also to be the gallery where I show my own work. Anyhow, the show was called New Color in the Times of Slow Coffee, and it was a joint show between artists Michelle McGuire, Kelsey McClellan, and Kristen Texera. Michelle is a visual artist who uses objects to create compositions. Kelsey is a photographer, and Kristen is a painter. And during the pandemic, they decided to work together as an exercise in inspiration. They all live in different cities, Kelsey in San Francisco, Michelle in Columbus, Ohio, and Kristen in upstate New York. And they communicated entirely through snail mail, text messages, video chat, and email. Kelsey and Michelle created a series of 10 photographs inspired by the shapes and palettes of Kristen's paintings. Even though they were under stay-at-home orders and were reliant on items they already possessed, they worked together from thousands of miles apart to recreate photographic images using their own objects to create these photographs. Kristen then took these images and created painted versions of them. I know this is kind of confusing, but it all makes sense once you see it. I'll link to images from the show in the show notes so that you can see what I'm talking about. Then the challenge was flipped. Kristen created a set of paintings, which Michelle and Kelsey then used as inspiration to create photographic images. And all of the final works were hung together at Stephanie Chafas Projects during the month of April, 2021. Writer Amanda Reed wrote a great piece about the project. She writes, the way it all unfolded was slow, careful, precise, loose but structured, a daydream with a deadline. This tempered pace and separation of time and space carried these three and their work through the year. Each artist's respective medium blended to expose a colorfully cyclical conversation. This work suggests a revelation. Newness and slowness can truly exist in symbiosis. Unexpected combinations can be born and thrive when we pause to bask in creativity and connection. And that can be the prize. I absolutely loved this body of work, not only because the work was visually beautiful and conceptually compelling, but because of the process through which it was made. Artists using the slowness and aloneness of the year to their advantage in the form of a creative challenge, which they undertook together. Of course, your community project can be less formal and doesn't have to hang in a gallery. The idea here is to connect with others 
as a way to work through difficult times. Here's another simple strategy. Make tangible but simple change. Flip your schedule around. Move your furniture. Rearrange your shelves. Listen to different music. Try new food. Clean and organize a messy room. Watch an old movie. Eat breakfast for dinner. Disrupt your boredom. This is often a really great way to activate parts of your brain that are innovative. And last but not least, understand that your creativity is always there. When you are stressed, you have not lost it. It is just dormant or asleep or stuck temporarily behind your more pressing needs. It's like running in hot, humid air. You can still run. You can still be creative. It just requires more effort. And it's not quite as comfortable. And I'll talk about this in upcoming episodes, but I'm really big on the idea of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you know that, it can take some of the pressure off. In other words, if you know that what you're experiencing is normal, it can take some of the pressure off. And if we have learned anything during the pandemic that we can take forward, it's that we can do hard things. Ironically, however, putting judgmental pressure on yourself to be creative or to be brilliant or to be more like so-and-so, you know, insert name of person you compare yourself to, will absolutely guarantee that you will not be creative or brilliant, right? Let me say that again. Ironically, however, putting judgmental pressure on yourself to be creative or brilliant or to be more like so-and-so will absolutely guarantee that you will not be more creative or more brilliant. And I am not saying to scrap attempts at creativity when you are stressed, though that is sometimes necessary. What I am saying is to train yourself to remove judgment and self-criticism. It is so completely counterproductive. It is a complete waste of time. Instead, grant yourself some grace and some breath, relax, loosen, adjust expectations, change things up, disrupt your routine and create a new one, embrace diffuse thinking, and find what feeds you. Thank you for listening. I included links to all kinds of resources in the show notes. Big thanks to Nick Lambert for the original music and to my amazing team at the CoLoop Podcast Network. Please subscribe to the Lisa Congdon Sessions on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoy what you hear, leave me a review. You can follow me on social media at Lisa Congdon and at the Lisa Congdon Sessions. I hope you'll join me for future episodes. Have a magical day, everyone.